This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, for what will be your Tuesday episode of Locked On Browns. And no, folks, it was not a mirage. Yes, Victory Monday today existed. Yes, your Cleveland Browns will be playing in the playoffs next weekend, 8-15. We'll run it back with the Pittsburgh Steelers. However, this time, in the big ketchup bottle in the three uh, in the uh, three lakes area of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, as Cleveland Browns for the first time in 18 years, we'll play in a playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, if just one thing, if you haven't seen this video today, and, and obviously there's been a lot of talk, you know, over the last 24, 36 hours about the whole situation with um, the fan Tom obviously dealing with his you know, cancer ordeal and the Langs Zabel apparel. I talk about them all the time. Uh, the lengths they went, uh, Baker Mayfield's wife went, and then actually getting to see the video of you know Baker meeting Tom yesterday. Uh, I mean, you need something to kickstart your heart, folks, uh, and maybe you know realize that you know days suck at times. They do, um, but you ever want to doubt whether or not you know your quarterback and his wife are you know, dedicated to the city and you know want to be a part of great times here? Uh, if you haven't seen it, and it's a short clip, uh, by all check it out. Uh, we are going to sit down with uh, PFF senior analyst John Costco. We're going to go through some grades here, um, and look, we're going to start <laughs> these grades today that we're going to talk about. They don't mean a dang hell of a heat, folks. Browns got it done yesterday. Play next week. Yeah, playoffs. Um, we're going to have fun. We're going to talk some ball. And we're going to talk grades because what we do here when we sit down with John. Um, but if you want to throw them out for one week, this might be an okay week to do it because bottom line was win, and they found a way um, with Maserati Wright essentially to uh, go ahead and make that happen. Start on the offensive side of the ball here, um, John. You know, uh, you know, down a tight end. Um, I wish we would have seen that angle um, on the David Njoku uh, incompletion in the end zone. Um, on the broadcast, because that would have been nice to maybe go back and have a second peek at that one, because it did seem weird how he ended up so far out. And we'll get to the fact that you challenged Minka Fitzpatrick twice inside the red zone. <laughs> Ten other defenders, maybe you wanted to go ahead and pick on those guys, maybe not Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, but offensive side of the ball, John. Um, and I guess we'll start, you know, whether it's the running backs. And it certainly seemed like Coach Stefanski today, like, hinted at it, like, well, you know, like, kind of wanted to, you know, maybe lighten the load for one of them for a possible playoff game. Um, you certainly saw a difference, uh, I, I would say, between the two running backs yesterday. One seemed to be having a easy time finding success. And this isn't a knock on Kareem Hunt because he'll do anything you ask him to do. Like, uh, hey, can you go, you know, line, you know, basically line, square somebody up and knock them back to yards so we can clinch a game late in the game. Um, but you're getting to this point now, and it, it's great that you have two running backs, but it's the playoffs. You're going to simplify things and try to do what you feel is your best recipe for success. Um, yeah, I think one of the things you have to, I think you have to realize going into this game, and I, I think you have to make, not realize, but maybe take into consideration is the fact that perhaps Stefanski realized that they were going to win this game, and I know that it was close at the end and stuff like that, but maybe you don't pull your, you know, you don't throw all your punches. Maybe you pull, pull some back and you realize on, oh, right. Nick Chubb is on, on one today. Let's maybe not run him into the ground just in case we, so we can have him next week. 
Um, there's a reason why you have a Kareem Hunt. And at the time, you didn't know whether or not you were playing on Saturday or Sunday, but go ahead. Right, and so you and, – and there's a reason why you have Kareem Hunt. He's dispelled Nick Chubb so that you don't take out – his legs so he can he can have always have fresh legs he's it's one of the it's one of the benefits of having two excellent running backs is that you can both guys can be fresh at all times um you know that nick chubb doesn't have to be in there on every single down and and just getting tired out he's always going to be fresh and so i think for next week um it just you know for that for that reason i think it's um it didn't show all your cards in this game and and there's going to be more more in there next week when Nick Chubb can, you know, maybe, maybe that when it's much more important, at least. And obviously, this game was important. Definitely don't want to say that. But, um, you know, I, I think I think from a, a Kareem Hunt standpoint, you maybe, you know, 3.7 yards per carry is obviously not a good day. Um, Nick Chubb got it done. And, and obviously, you want, to, you want that for both guys. I think, I think, you know, like I said, I think from a scheme standpoint, I just don't think that Kevin Stefanski put everything out there that he could have, um, knowing that he was going to be playing this team again. So, um, you know, from, from a rushing standpoint, you know, it's, it's great to have both guys because Nick, Nick Chubb might, it might not be that fruitful for Nick Chubb every single week. And it might be a cream hunt week. So, uh, this week was obviously a, a Nick Chubb week and, uh, obviously sparked it off with the beginning of the you know, first draft of the game to get that touchdown. Uh, and, you know, he came, obviously, you know, Nick came out, you know, all, all guns are blazing. Um, and, you know, it certainly was a, you know, key point to it all here. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield, obviously, you know, the week before against the Jets, a, a more difficult week. Um, you see him get his receivers back, um, you know, be able to work the middle with Jarvis Landry, um, Rashard Higgins, um, and it, it hurt me. I mean, Justin Lane was my guy, but, you know, hey, I mean, business is business, John. If Rashard Higgins is going to school somebody that I wants that love for, hey, I mean, business is business. And he cooked him on that. Um, you know, the tight ends again, and David Njoku, and again, this is, it's weird because people get certain players in the doghouse with the Browns and they never want to seem to let them back out. But, you know, the inspired effort by David Njoku, who, most of the success he's had in his time here has been from the fact that, you know, he's this athletic anomaly at the tight end position. Um, but now it's almost to the point where it's like, you know what, dude, if you're not going to throw me the ball as much, you want me to move some dudes around. All right. I, I guess it's time to graduate and become a full-time tight end. Yeah. Um, it's, it's nice that, that Baker continues to trust whoever's out there to throw them the ball, um, regardless of what happens. And I think that's, that is key for, for always moving the offense forward. And while, you know, things were stagnant at times and, um, you know, in the first was sec first or second drive, Austin Hooper dropped a pass. Um, you know, last week there were what, four or five drops for the tight ends and stuff like that. He's not shying away from these guys. He's, he's putting trust in these guys to continue to throw them the ball. And Joku, obviously there's that, you know, the, the two, the two play sequence in, in the red zone where, it was tipped away right at the last second from Minka um, Baker, you know, just barely misses the throw. I mean, he always do is layer it over the top and to the corner of the end zone. It's a touchdown. He had him beat. Um, and then the, the, on the third down play, um, that ball was there. I know that everybody knows about the still, the screen still. Um, but like, you know, you talk about threatening a, uh, one of their, their best defensive backs. 
the, the, the throw beat them. It's just a matter of a getting a replay on there and seeing, hey, did the, did this? You know, did he catch this ball in bounds? Um, and just making sure, you know, just a, a, unlucky in that regard. So, um, you know, I think I think from David and Joku's standpoint, he's he's really shown. I think in this this season, especially as the season's gone on lately, um, I, you know, basically the last five games or so he's really come on strong for the, for the Cleveland Browns. Um, just being a, a decently reliable option at that receiving position. Um, from a, from, you, I guess when, you know, you, a guy you pick 25th overall in the draft or 29th, I'm sorry. Um, you probably expect more from him than what you, you do get. But I think um, the way this offense is set up, he's, he's doing well for your, for the Cleveland Browns. It is, you know, from a grading standpoint, it's, it's not, off the charts or anything over the overall for the season is 66.9. Um, but a lot of that was hampered in the middle of the season where he, he did have a pretty rough stretch there of play. And more recently, it's a lot better than that's in the upper seventies. Well, if anything, you want to be obviously, you know, excelling towards the end of the year, certainly excelling as you were, mm-hmm. you know, headed towards the playoffs as the Browns certainly are um, offensive line intact yesterday. Um, not the greatest of days. Uh, Alex Highsmith, uh, and now here we go again. Here's going to be another Pittsburgh edge rusher that we're going to have to probably deal with for the better part of a decade as he'll come in and you know become the Bud Dupree replacement. Um, very active yesterday uh, against Jedrick Wills. Um, offensive line um, for you know the cookie they were essentially given. No Cam Hayward. No T.J. Watt. Did the grades correspond with it, John? Yeah. The um... The grades that you you would have thought that the the Browns offensive line would have had one of their better days, and they didn't. So you you look at Jedrick Wills and Wyatt Teller from a pass blocking standpoint had one of their their, their worst one of the worst day, games of the year. So Wyatt Teller was a thirty three point four from a pass blocking standpoint. That's pretty rough. It also makes you me wonder how ready he maybe he was. Right, I, I you know he really hasn't been the same since that that injury in week five. Um, the calf injury, yeah. Yeah, the calf injury. And I think he's been battling that all year. And, and one of the things when you obviously add on, um, you know, how many pounds it was, uh, you know, 15 pounds of this muscle cutting cutting weight, uh, cutting fat or whatever, I think part of it is that you when you add that type of muscle, you lose maybe flexibility and some, maybe some um, just – you, you increase the risk of that soft tissue injury. And I think that's kind of part of it for him. And hopefully this off season, it will be, you know, when it comes, he will have the ability to, to get that flexibility back to, and whatnot. But it's, it's not like he's been, I wouldn't, I won't say that he's been bad. It's just from a pass blocking standpoint, I think when you, uh, his, his, his calf has probably hindered him some because before, before the, uh, the injury, he hadn't given up a single, single sack, you know, in those five games, he had only given up three hurries all, all together. Um, and then since then, you know, he had three, basically on the, on the three games back, he had, he gave up a sack in each one of those games. And these last two games uh, that he's played where he's basically had been back on the injury report, he's given up a total of seven hurries. So um, hopefully, hopefully he can, he can hold up and pass protection next week because obviously next week he got Cameron Hayward and TJ Watt going across from the other side. Uh, and then Wills had, had struggles with, with Alex Highsmith and um, you know, at least Jack Conklin and Joel Petonia and, you know, JC were, were all really stout on, on their, their part of it. So you could rely on that, but you, you definitely want the a better performance from, from Wills and Teller next week uh, when it comes to the, the playoffs. 
you hope it's probably the opportunity of, you know what, I got a dry run. Um, you know, next week, look, not that it didn't matter yesterday, um, but I got a dry, dry run. Um, you know, I didn't play you a ton first time these two teams faced. I faced Bud Dupree. Um, now I've got something to go back and, you know, I can study film. You know, I've probably seen the best that you've got to offer right now. We're both rookies. We're going to go at this for two times for minimum, what, next four or five seasons. Um, there's going to be battles that, you know, some win, some lose. Um, we can't, you know, not talk the offense and talk about, you know, uh, number six. Um, and it, well, overall, I, I don't think it was one of his, his greatest days, uh, certainly good enough to win. But the thing that you know, struck me is, and this is what you talk about when you get to this time of year, and this is things that we're unfamiliar with, with coverage of the Browns is whatever it takes. Um, if it takes, you know, turning yourself, even though you're six feet tall, into about five foot three and finding some crevices to get the hell out and use your legs to move the ball, get a first down. Or coach calls your number and basically runs, you know, QB sweep to the right. Um, and it's on you which in a lot of ways is probably fitting um, because, you know, you know, quarterback, you know, it's, you know, it, you always, it's always going to be on the quarterback win or loss almost all the time anyway. Um, and, and just to have that and, and just see the explosion and it just sucks that there wasn't 70,000 people there. There was only 12,000. Cause I mean, that place would have literally blown to pieces. If 70,000 people were in that building, the stadium wouldn't be there. It probably would have crumbled <laughs> once Baker got that first down. But you 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 see that mentality of you know whatever it takes and yes this may be something I'm not normally accustomed to doing but that's the exact reason I need to do it because people aren't anticipating it so if they're not we got to take advantage of it yeah so um, I, I'll say that this this performance felt like the Jacksonville performance from him where. Every, like there's like a handful of plays that probably stuck out in people's minds where it's like, Oh my gosh, you missed that throw or whatever. But like on, you take away those, those missed throws. He made a lot of throws in this game. Um, you know, I, when you talk about a drop, you know, the uh, Austin Hooper dropped a pass, right. And that would have been a first down it goes it, uh, next drive David and David and Joku. And, and he were not on the same page on a throw. He stopped and Joku stopped on a route when Baker was, was trying to lead him across the middle People see that type of stuff, and it goes on a stat sheet of, a, of an incomplete pass. Um, and then naturally, Baker is kind of blamed for stuff like that. But then there's also the throws, like the one to Higgins where he missed it, um, you know, low on that fourth down. So people think, you know, they, those stick out in people's minds where they forget about all the other like good third down conversions or just the first down throws that he made in this game. His overall grade in this game was an 82.4. It's actually one of the better games of the season by him. Um, and it's actually the fourth best game of the season from an overall standpoint, from a pass, you know, pass grade standpoint, it's the fifth best just after the Jacksonville game. So um, it, it, it wasn't, I know there's like a number of plays where the ball was obviously high too. So, um, so it was, he wasn't amped up player, but really like, like you said, and like we said, when he, when the plays were needed to be made minus one throw, they, they were made. And, you know, does does your does your opinion change of it if he makes that one that one throw to to Njoku in the end zone and then the one throw to Higginson and on that fourth down? Probably everybody's talking about how great a great game he played. But every every quarterback does miss throws. And last time that last time it happened where, where it felt like a Dak to Jacksonville game where um, you know it, it felt a lot worse than maybe the grade shows in the end. He then went on and just ripped apart the Tennessee Titans. So maybe we could hope for something like that. That would be fantastic. But, you know, 
Baker getting it done on, on with his legs, which which is very encouraging because he really hadn't done that all year long. Um, you know, you know, run run rushing grade of of seventy three point nine, best of the season. So um, if he can continue to do that, you know, mix in those legs with the you know in, a, in timely manner uh, with with maybe just getting a little bit more accurate and maybe maybe he's going to play a little bit more freely and be more calm without the pressure of we got to win this game because we got to get in the playoffs. Now that you're there just let it all loose. And so I think, uh, I think he can do that for sure. And um, if he can play like he, we've seen him play this, you know, in the second half of the season, the, the Browns still have a good shot at this. I don't care. I don't care that this was the quote unquote JV squad from, from the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was, there's that, that team is still very talented on that defensive side of the ball. It, it really is regardless if they don't have their, their top two guys on, on that defensive line. Well, and, and that's been it, – it's been a really, really fun narrative for Steeler fans to play. Um, I would ask any Pittsburgh Steeler fan, have you ever heard of Robert Jackson? Because um, I certainly had a bunch of Browns fans yesterday asking who Robert Jackson was when he was anointed to start in the game. So it's certainly not like um, Cleveland was rocking out um, their uh, best yesterday. So whatever, that's fine. Whatever you got to do to, you know, marginalize it. Um, you know, nobody ever wants to admit that maybe little brother is closing a gap and drinking their milk and eating their meals and getting a little bit bigger and closing the gap, so to speak. We, we obviously touched on the offensive side of the ball here. We're going to flip it over. There's a big short joke in there yeah. somewhere, right? Getting a little oh, bit taller. Yeah, he's drinking his milk. <laughs> there you go. Get a little bit taller. Dude, uh, it, after after yesterday, you Baker, Baker Mayfield could be six foot seven. Or two foot six. Nobody's going to give a crap no, forward he, anymore. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're probably building the statue already. <laughs> oh, no doubt. I'm sure. I'm sure. And if not, you know, because he lives at the stadium, John, he'll, he can be free to help these guys, you know, assemble said statue and get it ready. So there we go. I'm sure he's got the skills to do that as well. Uh, we'll flip it up here. We'll go to the defensive side of the ball. We got some listener questions. Uh, as we continue to go through, um, look, for all of us here, you know, for what we do covering this team, it's it's still, you know, it's still the old, you know, pinch me. Like, seriously, did this really just happen? Um, and, you know, it, as I had mentioned yesterday, again, hey guys, I didn't even know my wife, the Browns, the last time played in the playoffs. I'm now married 16 years with teenage daughters. Like, just like a small amount, just to put it in perspective, exactly how long it is. And there's been kids who have graduated high school. Graduated high school and have never seen a Cleveland Browns playoff game. Like, that is your idea here. Oh, man. Uh, we're going to get to one of our great sponsors here. Uh, are we ready for some football? College football, national championship, Monday night. Um, let's see if we did it this week where Buckeyes played and won, and then the Browns came back. Maybe this week we can flip it up. Uh, so we have, obviously, Sunday night, your Cleveland Browns, Monday night the NCAA National Championship. Please start putting that game on Friday night. For God's sakes, Monday night is torture and it makes for a very, very late night. Uh, the NFL regular season is finished. We are on to the playoffs. So check online for the latest odds. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. And use the promo code LOCKDOWN, all caps, no space, for your 50% welcome bonus. The NFL game of the week, I guess they're going to play those five subpar playoff games. And then they'll play the sixth playoff game, Sunday night at 8-15, the most meaningful one of the weekend, of course, Browns fans. Then we'll go to Monday night, 
Ohio State Buckeyes versus the Alabama Crimson Tide. For it all, and don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get on the action. Do not forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner on social media at BetOnline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign for a free account, and again, use the promo code Locked On. For your sign-up bonus, bet online. John, we've already got our first deficiency for uh, the playoff game. And it's interesting, John, because we've talked about a player like Olivier Vernon for two years now. Um, And even when he wasn't out there 100%, a smart, functional, do-his-assignment player. He's always been a guy that's, you know, farewell through PFF. Uh, the level the guy has been playing on here over the last few weeks, and even as Miles Garrett has come back, and we all understand that Miles is trying to find his groove here, so to speak, as you know he comes back with how COVID affected him. But for the last three, four weeks, whatever it was, your best defensive, your best pass rusher was Olivier Vernon. Uh, now this is over with Olivier Vernon slated to turn 31 here soon. A player most were thinking, hey, is there a way to maybe – keep him around for another year and, you know, we'll still roll that dice Um, may have changed the monetary um, compensation a ton. And it's tough, John, because this is for this team to be where it's at. um, His play certainly cannot be overlooked because the guy has just been a straight up beast here for probably about the last six, seven weeks. Yeah. uh, We talked about a little bit of last week. I know um, he was like, was like the seventh or eighth best edge rusher, you know, since week eight, you know, um, so he's been since the bye, he's been, you know, just as good or whatever. So um, unfortunately for, for, for the Browns, you know, you're losing a guy that was really stepping up strong um, opposite miles Garrett when he was in there and when he wasn't in there. And so it's just, a, it's a, it's a shot in the arm for sure. You know, you're talking about a guy that was a solid run defender on the edge as well as being able to get after the passes. So he could do both at a, at a good level. Um, you know, sometimes elite at, at, you know, depending on who he was facing. Um, so this is, this is, this hurts. And I think from a, from a future standpoint, um, probably, probably like, you know, diminishes you know probably is not coming back next year when you be talking about an achilles injury at this age this late in the season um it'd be pretty pretty remarkable for him to be able to come back fully healthy at that age that you know come come week one of next year so um unfortunately for him you know he's he's probably gonna lose out on a lot of money because of that injury but um you know from a Quentin brown standpoint for next week and the playoffs like that hurts that's a guy that you you could have gotten after uh ben roethlisberger in, in a very important game so um and then also be able to be stout in that run game so yeah it hurts it hurts a lot for sure because he's been he's been very good uh for the browns especially especially the last seven weeks of the season um well you know we'll give kudos to sheldon richardson because this seems to be a regular occurrence now that you know sheldon richardson is playing well I do want to ask, um, you know, with the linebacker position, um, with the influx that they certainly were, um, John, you know this was my guy going in to the 2020 NFL draft. 
Um, this regular season, obviously, has not been kind to him. You know, two separate long injury, um, you know, out of the lineup. Um, but basically, it was yesterday, well, Jacob Phillips, you're good. You have a pulse. Kid, <laughs> we need linebackers. Get on out there. Um, the production showed that the grades follow in suit. They were uh, f- solid. I, I'm good and bad, right? So um, he had nine tackles, and I think everybody looks at that. Eight of them were stops. So from a tackling standpoint, he was getting it done. A lot of them in, in coverage, he had a coverage grade of 71.4, which is which is a good – for a linebacker, that's a very good grade. Um, run defense, it was hit and miss, right? So if he wasn't making a tackle, he was often getting blocked out of the gap. So his great run defense grade there was a 49.8. And so when you look at that with a, a, along with a bunch of, you know, stops, you're thinking, all right, there, there's more to it there. So um, – I think the encouraging sign is that he was when he was making tackles, they were for short gains, right? And that that's what you want from a from a rookie guy's first basically start of the season season, you know, where he got sixty-seven snaps. Um fast guy that can um doesn't miss that essentially doesn't miss tackles. I know he missed two uh you know a couple weeks ago against the Giants. Um, but when you if you're wanting the guy to be sure at tackling the, uh, the running back or, you know, maybe if he's covering the tight end out of the backfield or the running back out of the backfield, he can make the tackle and you can be sure of that. Unlike a number 51 that plays for the Cleveland Browns who missed three tackles yesterday. Um, we're not going to, you know, and he, uh, it's, it's a shame because he had an absolute opportunity at a huge, huge play and, and the Browns still stopped it for maybe a gain or one or two, uh, but it should have been a loss of three in the backfield. For number 51 and what was you know i think kind of we all starting to realize it, it see the writing on the wall there uh Ronnie harrison back played every snap um and well another thing for phillips though is you know maybe you you got your feet wet um and this is where it's going to be weird and i don't know maybe it isn't that weird i mean we've seen a lot of regular season week 17 matchups where oh crap we're going to rerun this again next week where, you know, oh, man, we just really pl- literally just played you guys, and now we're going to do it again. But maybe for Wills, maybe for, you know, Jacob Phillips, this is an opportunity. You know, I mean, you're not going into this all over again. You've seen these running backs. You know what their, you know, go-to moves are in the hole, cut, juke, spin, whatever. So it shouldn't be a huge case of being unfamiliar. No, exactly. I think I think for um... – a familiarity standpoint, you're you get to see yourself against the same team on tape and, and see what what it is that you're doing that you can correct, what it is that when you see what they're doing, how to react to it more a little more quickly. Um, are the are the Pittsburgh Steelers going to be a different team next week than they were this past game? A little bit, but they're not. They're still the Pittsburgh Steelers. They still they still ran the same type of offense that they've always run every single year. Um, every single week um you know from a defensive standpoint they were a vanilla which is um they ran a lot of cover two um and browns ran a lot of kind of cover two type beater stuff so like the you know i know i know we were talking on the defense side of things and that this uh, this just occurred to me but they played a ton of cover two we didn't see a lot of deep shots except for the one down the sideline to richard higgins that's because cover two prevents you from making, you know, basically taking any types of deep shots. So, you know, there's a lot of dink and dunk that was happening for the Cleveland Browns on, on the offensive side of the ball. But from a, from a defensive standpoint for these guys, they absolutely can can learn from this. You know, Jedrick Wills going up against, you know, uh, 
Alex Highsmith, right? Knows the types of moves that this guy's going to do. Probably didn't see very many moves from this guy over the course of the year. He saw some, but now, now he knows. And uh, same thing with the rest of this offensive line in terms of what they're going to be seeing from some of these guys. And, um, and just from a defensive standpoint, just knowing um, how, uh, you know, exactly what you're saying, how these guys make their moves in the hole. How does this guy, how does this offensive lineman, you know, does he lean in his stance a certain way and it's going to be this type of play? So um, there's, there's a lot to be learned from this. And not, it's not just a, a game where it's like, oh, the, the Steelers were playing, you know, half their starters. So none of this matters. It, it does matter. It all, it all does matter because there's still a lot of starters that are going to play a lot of snaps in this game coming on Sunday, Sunday night. Um, John, I think, and this is where everybody may, you know, have a little bit misconception, um, and with COVID, um, and part of it scares me because the Browns have been really, really cautious with everybody on this roster with any type of injury. Um, you see today the Browns sign cornerback Ryan Allen. Uh, they work out cornerback Donovan Alumba. Um, I think everybody just thinks it's a foregone conclusion that Denzel Ward is going to be back Sunday because he'll fall within that 10-day window. I'm not sure we can just go ahead and assume that. And when you're signing cornerbacks to the active roster, when you're working out more cornerbacks, it certainly makes you wonder. Yes, you want to have you know a your protection plan in place, but you also have to be understanding that just because all of a sudden now he's okay to be back in the building doesn't mean he's ready to go out there and run 60 plays on defense. No, uh, I think, I think if you're signing guys to the practice squad this week, you're probably not playing them on Sunday. Um, look at Tedrick Thompson. He was signed over a month ago. And does, does anybody at this point, what's he still doing here? Right. I if mean, he's not going to play. What's exactly is he doing here? Like these guys, these guys are giving the, you know, when you, when you sign these guys, they're giving you looks, right? So Brian Allen was on, was on the Pittsburgh Steelers team. Uh, he's drafted by them, you know, so maybe there's something to it that in that regard, who knows. Right. So um, he was there when they, then they went to the playoffs. And so they can maybe see, Hey, just ask him to pick his brain. That could literally, literally be just the, the reason why he's being signed. So um, it's these guys that you, I would expect Denzel Ward to be back. Right. So his, he was a close contact. He wasn't a uh, no, no. Denzel Ward was positive. He was positive. So he was positive on Wednesday. So you need ten days. I think he's back. Like his first day, he can be back. He, he falls in the window. He yeah. He was. Yeah. I, I believe he was one of the guys that Saturday would have been an issue. But if the Browns got the Sunday game, it, it made it you know yeah. good for him. So to speak. yeah. So so he's. I think you have to assume that he's going to play in this game. Um, and I don't, you know, we haven't heard any anything if he's one of the ones that is like mostly asymptomatic, or if he's like a Miles Garrett case where he he got it really badly. Um, Welcome you to know. your WebMD portion of Locked On Browns as we try to figure out. And I will give everybody credit for this because I mean, look, this is in groin pulls, this is in hamstring injuries, um, this is in ACLs. Uh, guys, we're doing the best we can here with the information we're given. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, my dad, my dad went to medical school and I, I dabbled a little bit in uh, uh, chemistry in, in college. So I, you know, I, I'm very qualified to talk on this, this topic. Are we going to throw in the Holiday Express one more time? Are we going to throw it in again? 
Absolutely. I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night, so you you have to just go with the information I'm going to give you here. <laughs> but uh, with with so like as an example, Miles Garrett was one of the bad cases of of, of COVID, right? So he's he's huffing and puffing. He's been struggling to get back to 100. percent But then you have a lot of cases where like they had almost no symptoms. Um, I mean, my, my dad had COVID. He was one of those people that had like no symptoms. He said it was like he was tired for a day and then he's been perfectly fine. Um, naturally, he's not a, he's not an athlete and everything like that. So he's not working out extraneously. So it could be different from that regard. But I, I, I don't think, you know, there's other players on this team that have had COVID and they haven't talked about it being as bad as Miles. So um, you have to hope that it's not it's not the case like that. Uh, maybe he maybe if it is, then Ward's going to be on a pitch count on 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 Sunday, uh, or maybe maybe he's just going to give it his all because it's the playoffs. But um, it it we'll have to just wait and see with that stuff. It really really comes down to knowing the team, just waiting for the information that we get from the team, um, and then seeing if on Sunday if if Ward is good to go. Uh, and, and I mean, and it also could be one of these things where you throw them out there and look, if it's a quarter, like we said about Wyatt Teller last week, if it's a quarter, it's a quarter and a half, it's two quarters, you'll take it at this point. Um, but if Denzel Ward tells you he can contribute in some fashion, um, it's not like you're going to put him on the inactive list. Um, it's, you know, all hands on deck here. Um, and if we got to throw Robert Jackson out there later, we'll throw Robert Jackson out there later. Um, and again, at least, you know, he was at least somebody, again, got some reps here. Uh, against a similar scheme that we're going to see this week. It'll just be a, a different quarterback, so to speak. Uh, we got a couple of listener questions, and we'll get into just, you know, some general game thoughts as we head on into, again, just shake my head and say it, as we get into the Browns' first round playoff opponent in the Pittsburgh Steelers Sunday night. The playoffs. And guys, I'm not joking. Okay. Right, yeah, it, it, literally, the Jim Moore. Playoffs? I, I was so – this is, this, yeah, I know, right? Just side note here. I was Go ahead, when, when the game the game was sealed and we and the Browns had the victory. I'm sitting there like pounding my fists on my my thighs in excitement. My wife is in the room. She's like, "Calm down." I was like, "I'm not calming down." I'm like, what are you talking about? No, no, <laughs> no! Don't put baby in the corner. Do not put baby in the corner. I waited for I, this for a long damn time. I went. I went downstairs, grabbed grabbed my youngest, put him over my shoulder, and started running around the neighborhood screaming. <laughs> That's what I did. And I think, and after eighteen years, I think you've earned it. Yeah, exactly. Most certainly. And with that being said, folks, with the ever increasing numbers of makes, Fiat, Kia, and models, Pacifica, XTS. It is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX or an SX? And wait while the counterman orders the parts uh, from the computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly sell the part. Uh, quickly select all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. 
right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Love Rock Auto, by the way. Uh, John, totally with you. Um, in and this is actually a story for another day, guys. Um, but in my former career, RockAuto.com was a major, major asset. But for anybody right now, um, if you have access to YouTube and you have some general tools around, um, you'd be amazed what you actually could probably save yourself on uh, some car repairs. We actually going to get to this here. Um, we are literally going to play playoff football on Sunday. Um, guys, your questions were great for John. Um, however, they kind of conflicted with what uh, was already in the storyline. But we do have a couple here uh, from Dale Harris. How do the Browns defend wide receiver jump balls Sunday night? Um, you saw it with Big Ben against Indianapolis in the second half. Um, enough of this nonsense. We're going deep. You saw it with Mason Rudolph on Sunday. Enough of this nonsense. We're going deep. Um, Grant Delpit ain't coming. Um, Deron Cherry, whatever free safety you want to bring from the past. That was a great free safety in NFL history. They're not going to be there. Um, it's going to be most likely Andrew Sandejo. Uh, most likely Ronnie Harrison, most likely Sheldrick Redwine, uh, Carl Joseph, who is there basically to play a pseudo linebacker and just knock people on their ass and to not give, you know, Carl Joseph probably doesn't get enough credit. Um, he is what he is. Um, but when I see somebody that is that passionate about just knocking people around, Carl Joseph is one of those guys. But, John, uh, the deep ball, and this is where Pittsburgh righted the ship against the Indianapolis Colts. This is where they found essentially their money on Sunday um, without calling for a blizzard or 45 mile an hour winds. And this is really kind of dedicated to one guy. How the hell are you stopping Chase Claypool? Sometimes you just throw your hands up. I think, I think the touchdown, the fourth and 10 touchdown, um, right. you, know, you, look, you look at, you look at the replay. Mason Rudolph even was surprised. Like he put the hands to the head, like, Oh crap, that happened. <laughs> He left that ball inside, and Chase Claypool like reached around uh, Terrence Mitchell and and just made the play. Um, you have to he, Mitchell's hand was was there contesting it. He was pushing that ball out, and Chase I mean Chase Claypool has, is a is an extremely good talent um, with an ability with the size, strength, agility, ball skills to be an elite receiver in the NFL. Um, sometimes you just, you give credit to the, where credit is due. Um, I think for the most part, there was, I mean, there's two, two deep shots where you're like, you just can't allow that to happen. You play stuff, you play cover two and you usually just deter the offense from throwing them. But usually on those deep shots, if, if it's, if it's in a good accurate spot, um, the, you know, the offense is, offense is at an advantage. I think, the advantage coming up, though, is that Ben Roethlisberger's arm is not as good as Mason Rudolph's. I think this is something that people maybe, if you watch that game. It's also not nearly as fresh. I mean, Mason Rudolph hasn't thrown a pass in almost a calendar year. Like, dude, he was ready to go. He he So he played well. And I, uh, his grade was the second highest grade of any Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback in, in a game this year, which just tells you that he was better than Ben Roethlisberger was in 14 games. So... It, it is. It is. I mean, Rudolph had a good game, and I don't think that Ben Roethlisberger is going to have that type of a game next week. Um, I just don't see. I just don't see him having that. You just have to be able to hopefully 
hopefully make the plays on the ball when they when they are thrown up there though. Oh, most certainly, you know, and look, I mean, and a lot of it is, is, you know, obviously being a little bit better in step. Oh, boy. We're running out of time. Oh, and oh, my God, the timer's back. That's new. That has not been back.